Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back here to another edition of the Warning Chuck Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave. And welcome back here, everybody, uh, to this episode. And we are going to cover the Phillies uh, losing three straight games, getting swept by the Chicago Cubs, um, who came into this series with only 35 wins. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about game one and game two. Um, along with Game 3, of course, and some other news and stuff that's been going on behind the scenes and just with Major League Baseball in general. Something that I did want to say, though, is that yesterday morning I recorded a uh, surprise podcast where we talked about Games 1 and 2 because I was so disappointed, so frustrated. I'm sure that many of you were out there as well uh, that I did record a surprise podcast, and that was put out. So if you want to go... to specifically look at games one and two a little bit more and the stuff that happened with Nick Castellanos and Jim Salisbury and the struggles of Nicholas Castellanos, in my opinion, uh, check it out in our most recent podcast. That was season three, episode 16 for the surprise podcast. Uh, But here we are. We're going to dive into a bunch of different stuff in this episode. Uh, Before we do, I just wanted to remind everybody to check us out on Twitter at WTT underscore podcast. We are posting over there uh, a lot. Yesterday, uh, I did live tweet uh, for the most part throughout yesterday's uh, loss to the Chicago Cubs. So check us out over there. Uh, Eventually, when we get a big enough following, we'll be doing some Twitter spaces. And you're also the first people to know uh, when the new episode of the Warning Track Talk podcast comes out. Uh, As soon as I publish it, I make an update to Twitter. Um, And so if you want to stay updated uh, with everything over there, if there are any scheduled changes or anything going on big with the Phillies, roster news, lineups, whatever, um, check us out over there at WTT underscore podcast. Now, before I get into the three games against the Cubs, I wanted to first uh, just talk about the Hall of Fame class that went into Cooperstown uh, yesterday. Uh, and there was a, a pretty sizable list of names uh, going into Cooperstown. So I want to say congratulations to the whole um, new electees, if you will, that uh, you know will go into uh, Cooperstown. But I wanted to give kind of three, I, I guess the three biggest names somewhat. Uh, uh, we have Jim Cott, Tim Kirchin, a uh, wonderful writer for ESPN. Um, and last but not least, David Ortiz. Um, and you know, David Ortiz, big poppy, the, the stuff that he has done for major league baseball, uh, you know, he's a great ambassador for the game. And of course he was a fantastic player for the Red Sox for many years, uh, huge home runs, uh, you know, that iconic, uh, stance that he had, uh, and he, you know, he's so important for major league baseball, I think going forward, uh, on so many levels. Uh, and it's so nice to see him recognized, uh, in Cooperstown. And it's crazy because, um, you know, it, it has to be four years uh, since, um, I believe it's four. Why am I why am I forgetting this? It's either four or six, and I should know this, and I do know this, but for some reason, I'm forgetting it. But, uh, you know, you have to wait a certain amount of years before you get into Cooperstown, before you're on the ballot. Um, and David Ortiz, um, you know, it's crazy to think that he's already waited those years and that he's already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it kind of makes you feel older, if you will. Um but most definitely, uh, congratulations to the whole Hall of Fame class. Uh, it, it, you know, it is really amazing to see, you know, new uh, writers, new journalists, uh, new players get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I think baseball does a great job uh, with getting most of the people who should be in the Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame. Now, of course, there are some exceptions. Dick Allen uh, is, of course, one of them uh, that they failed to get. You know, the writers do fail to get some people who are really deserving, like Dick Allen, uh, some players um, into the Hall of Fame. Uh, maybe one day for Dick Allen again down the road, we'll see. 
but definitely congratulations to the whole uh, 2022 Hall of Fame class heading into Cooperstown, uh, headlined by uh, David Ortiz, Big Poppy. All right, so three games against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, game one, so what we're going to do here, is, as Dave kind of did, is I'll walk through stuff that happened in the game. In game one and two, I'm pretty much just going to walk through the recap. The winning pitchers, the losing pitchers, and I talked more about the opinion, my opinion of it, and don't get me wrong, I'm going to talk about my opinion of it in this episode too, but I think I talked a little bit more about it um, in the last episode in depth because I do want to get to game three and I do want to get to the upcoming Brave series and some other stuff and not make the episode, you know, an hour and a half long. So uh, we'll first start off with Friday night's game. Things got started in the first inning. Kyle Schwarber hit his 30th home run of the season uh, on a fly ball to deep right center field. That was off a Cubs starter, Justin Steele. In the top of the fourth, Wilson Contreras, who is most likely going to be traded at the deadline, uh, he had a home run uh, to left center field. That was his 14th of the season, tied the ball game at one. Uh, then in the top of the fifth, this is when things kind of went wrong for the Phillies. Christopher Morrell, who I think is going to be a great player for the Cubs for many, many years, he absolutely destroyed the Phillies in this series. Uh, he doubled uh, on a sharp line drive to left fielder Kyle Schwarber. That scored two runs uh, and allowed Morrell to even score. Uh, there was only one run on base. It was technically, well, not really an inside-the-park home run, but it kind of worked that same way. It was a throwing error by Reese Hoskins that allowed uh, the ball to go in center field past Matt Vierling um, and... The Cubs took a 3-1 to one lead. Then, uh, with a runner on second base, Ian Happ singles uh, to right field. That brings in Wilson Contreras, also in the fifth, uh, and it makes it 4-1. Uh, to one. Then Nico Horner doubles on a line drive to left or to center field, I should say. Two-run score at 6-1 to one Chicago. Patrick Wisdom then doubles in that same inning in the top of the fifth. This was off of Jaris Familia. Uh, Nico Horner came around to score, and it's now 7-1 to one Chicago. Then Nelson Velasquez, who also had a great game. He had two home runs on Friday night. He had his third bomb of the year. It was a fly ball to deep center field, two-run shot, and it's 9-1 to one Chicago. Then Ian Happ singled on the ground ball to Kyle Schwarber, threw the hole, made it 10-1. to one. That was off of JoJo Romero. Then the Phillies decided to put in Garrett Stubbs to try to save some of their bullpen. So, of course, with position player pitching, you can kind of guess what happened. Nelson Velasquez hit his second home run uh, of the game. It was his fourth on the season to deep left center field. Afonso Rivas came around to score. Same thing with Christopher Morrell. So it's now 13-1 Chicago. Then in that same inning off of Garrett Stubbs, Seiya Suzuki with a runner on. Hits his seventh home run of the season to center field. That makes it 15-1. Phillies got out of that ninth inning with allowing 15 runs uh, throughout the game. And then in the bottom of the ninth and the Phillies' last chance to, you know, only make up 14 runs. Derek Hall did hit his fifth home run of the season. He destroyed it 440 feet. I believe it went over that. Uh, over the batter's eye, uh, the ivy wall in center field. Uh, near Ashburn Alley, uh, and that made a 15-2, to and that was kind of the end of things for the Phillies and the Cubs in this one. The winning pitcher is Justin Steele. He improves to 4-6 and six with a 4.02 earn run average, and the loss goes to Kyle Gibson, who's now 5-4 and four with a 4.69 ERA. After this loss, the Phillies fall to 49-44, and 44, five games over 500, and the Chicago Cubs uh, improve to 36-57 and 57, uh, after this game final score 15 to 2 Cubs beat the Phillies uh and Kyle Gibson you know he was good uh his last couple starts right he had a good start against the Cardinals I believe had a decent start against the Marlins um and now just uh, this game against the Cubs was just bad and you know I've talked about it Kyle Gibson is not consistent uh really uh but you know for him technically being your well I guess now your fourth starter with Eflin out 
uh, I still think it could be much worse. You know, from where we were in the in the years past with Vince Velasquez and Chase Anderson and Matt Moore, who's having a good year somehow with the Rangers in the bullpen. Uh, you know, I think that Kyle Gibson is definitely uh, an improvement. The the big players for the Phillies in this one, Schwarber had the home run, but he did only go one for four with that home run. Uh, Derek Hall had a, had a, had a hit, a uh, home run, I should say, trying to combine two words there uh, coming out, but did have a hit and a home run. He was one for one. That was pretty much it on the Phillies side. The bullpen struggle, Gibson, six earned runs and four and a third. Drees Familia, one home, one run, I should say, in two-thirds. Corey Knebel was the only pitcher, well, the only, uh, Knebel and Nelson were the only two pitchers that were scoreless, uh, but they both did give up a hit. Uh, Jojo Romero gave up three runs in his inning, and Garrett Stubbs, five runs in his inning, but, you know, he's not technically a bullpen pitcher. Uh, and the two big players for the Cubs, in my opinion, Nelson Velasquez, he had five RBIs, two home runs, five RBIs. Uh, and also uh, four hits for Seiya Suzuki, four hits for Ian Happ. But the other player that I was going to bring up was Christopher Morrell. He had three hits and five at-bats with an RBI, and he just really hurt the Phillies throughout this series. And, you know, going into game two, I was like, okay, it's one game. Phillies dropped one game coming out of the All-Star break. Let's see how they fire out in game two with Zach Wheeler on the mound. So that gets us to uh, game two of the series. Scoring started in the top of the second off of Zach Wheeler. Nico Horner hits his sixth home run of the season. It was a hanging slider by Wheeler uh, into left field, into the left field seats that made it 1-0 Cubs. All the way into the bottom of the seventh, the Phillies finally get on the board against Marcus Stroman, who was excellent in this game for the Cubs. As always pitches excellent against the Phillies. Ramuto uh, was able to single past the dive uh, of the uh, third baseman for the Cubs. Uh, who was David Bodie, and uh, that single was able to score Derek Hall from second base after he had a leadoff double in the seventh, made it a one-to-one game. All the way into the top of the tenth with a ghost runner on second, and once again, the Phillies began to lose grip of this game. Frank Schwindel reaches on a fielder's choice, fielded by third baseman Alec Bohm. Nico Horner was able to score. Jose Alvarado was pitching this inning, by the way. Christopher Morrell then singled on a line drive to right field. Frank Schwindel then came around to score. David Bodie advanced to third. Uh, In that same inning, after it already being 3-1, Nelson Velasquez reaches on a fielding error by Alec Bohm. Two-run score that made it 5-1. And then Wilson Contreras doubles to left field off the WB Mason sign. Kyle Schwarber, excuse me, Kyle Schwarber uh, does field the ball. This was off the Andrew Bellotti. But Nelson Velasquez is uh, too quick to score, uh, and that made it a 6-1. to one. Also, Schwarber's throw was kind of offline, 6-1 to one game. The Phillies do get a run in the bottom of the 10th. Alec Bohm grounds out, which allows Bryson Stott to score after he was advanced over to third base. And that made it a 6-2 to two ball game, and that was where things ended. Winning pitcher in this game was former Philly David Robertson. He improved to 3-0 with a 1.88 earn run average, and the losing pitcher is Jose Alvarado. His scoreless streak is snapped. He falls to 3-2 with a 5.33 earn run average after, of course, his earn run average was starting to get into the low fours. So definitely a disappointing outing for Alvarado, but he's been pitching so well recently that you figured, you know, he was kind of due for one of them, I guess you could say. Just came out an unfortunate time. Cubs improved to 37-57, 20 games under 500, and the Phillies fall to 49-45, just four games over 500. Cubs' best player in this game, in my opinion, uh, was probably David Bodie. He had two hits and three at-bats with an RBI. And best player for the Phillies in this game was probably Jay Tiramuto. He had an RBI uh, and a hit in this game, one of the uh, two RBIs 
the Phillies had. Zach Wheeler, though, was probably, I should say, the best player overall. He went seven innings, one on run, three hits. His command was a little shaky in the first two innings. Took about 40 pitches to get through the first two. But Wheeler, Wheeler settled in, was able to go seven innings, uh, and only threw 100, well, actually not only, I should say, threw a lot, 106 pitches. So Phillies lose, definitely uh, disappointing in game two. And it was because the Phillies were... How should I put this? The Phillies had a great chance to win this game, right? Uh, they had Matt Feerling had a double in the eighth inning, and Nicholas Castellanos struck out with two outs, didn't get him in. Uh, I believe yeah, Schwarber also struck out, and you're like, the Phillies should have won this game. This game should be over by now. And then you go in the tenth inning, and I talked about it yesterday, how much the zombie runner rule sucks. Um, and the Phillies just couldn't get anything going. Their defense was lackluster. Alec Bohm didn't make the routine plays. And that's the thing with Alec Bohm is, you know, I give him a lot of credit. I think his bat has improved this season. He's had some great at-bats against really good pitchers, which is an improvement from last year. His fielding has taken strides forward, but it seems like whenever there's a big moment, whenever there's, you know, you're in extra innings and kind of a must-win game, if you will, Alec Bohm's defense seems to be lost. And I don't know if that's a confidence thing, if that's a mental thing, but it's definitely concerning with the Phillies trying to get to the playoffs. You're in a pennant race, and you're losing games to 20, you know, uh, 20 under teams, 20 under 500 teams, and you're playing lackluster defense like that. Uh, so that was definitely disappointing. And you know, Alvarado was bad in this game; gave up three earned runs, but you know, he was not helped out at all by his defense. Um, there was another play in the inning that was kind of a high chopper with a runner on third. And Bohm, in my opinion, was close enough to make a good throw. Instead of throwing the ball gloves, uh, glove side to get the runner at home, glove side to JT Ramuto, he throws it to the opposite side towards the Phillies dugout, and Ramuto does not have enough time to get Nico Horner at the plate to get that glove back around and swipe the tag on him. So definitely uh, disappointing game two, uh, to say the least. But we now move on to game three, which is the game we didn't recap yet. Uh, of course, yesterday we did talk about the first two games of the series. Uh, Sunday, though, July 24th, and I predicted Bailey Falter was going to be good in this game, and I predicted the Phillies were going to win, and I was really wrong on both of those things. Phillies lost, and Bailey Falter was really not all that great. Uh, we'll start the scoring in the top of the third. Jan Gomes hits his fourth home run of the season off of Bailey Falter uh, to the left field seats. Uh, in that same inning, Christopher Morrell doubles uh, down the left field line. Kyle Schwarber does get the ball in, but Nelson Velasquez will score, so it's 2 to nothing. Chicago. Then in the top of the fourth, it's Jan Gomes for the second time in this game. Gets his fifth home run of the season on a fly ball to left field. Then Nelson Velasquez also homers in the same inning a few batters later off of Bailey Falter. That makes it a 4 to nothing game. Then in the bottom of the fifth, the Phillies finally get on the board. Alec Bohm with two outs. Uh, is able to score Bryson Stott from second with the ground ball to left field, 4-1. to one. Then in the bottom of the six, Reese Hoskins singles on the ground ball to left field. It was deflected, though, by uh, Nico Horner. Garrett Stubbs is able to score from third base. This was off of Drew Smiley, who was also really good in this game for the Cubs. That made it a 4-2 to two game. So the Phillies were chipping away, and they did continue to chip away in the bottom of the eighth off of Chris Martin, whose ERA is in the high fours this season. Garrett Stubbs got a good pitch to hit, and he crushed it deep to right field for his fourth home run of the season. Garrett Stubbs has been so clutch for the Phillies, and it's a shame because this came after, or in the seventh, I should say, the Phillies had a situation where they had a leadoff runner on that was Castellanos, and then Bryson Stott unfortunately grounded into a double play, and it seemed like the Phillies had a good chance to tie this game, 
uh, especially with Ben Stubbs hitting the home run an inning later. But the Phillies, although they did threaten in the ninth, although David Robertson, Didi Gregorius, and Garrett Stubbs uh, couldn't tie the game up. And, you know, this game is just frustrating for multiple accounts because throughout the three-game series, you scored two runs, two runs, and three runs. You scored seven runs off of the Cubs pitching staff, which is pretty bad. They're in the bottom of the league, towards the bottom of the league. And it's just extremely disappointing, extremely disappointing series, um, to say the least, really, uh, for the Phillies in, in, in this one. And it's a bad way to come off the All-Star break. And, you know, there's so much to talk about in this game. Bailey Falter uh, went five innings, four earned runs, uh, five hits allowed. He did strike out five batters, but also walked two, so his command wasn't great. Um, and, you know, the best player for the Phillies in this game was probably Alec Bohm. He had three hits with an RBI, but also Garrett Stubbs had two hits, including the home run. And Reese Hoskins had two hits and an RBI, too. So I guess those three players kind of all tied. And for the Cubs, it was definitely Jan Gomes, who was two for four with two RBIs. But there was also a fantastic defensive play by Didi Gregorius to prevent him from getting his third hit of the game. Um, so definitely, you know, could have been worse in terms of the Phillies facing Jan Gomes. The winning pitcher in this game is Drew Smiley. He's now three and five with a 3.93 ERA. The losing pitcher is Bailey Falter, who's now 0 and three with a 5.18 earn run average. And David Robertson uh, got the save. That was his 14th of the season. Phillies lose four to three. Uh, and you know, this Bailey Falter experiment is kind of over for me. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of done. Like I'm, I'm, I'm completely done with it, to be honest. Um, I'm not against Bailey Falter being in the bullpen, but it seems that there's not many spots for him. The Phillies are confident with the bullpen they have. I mean, it has been pitching well since June 1st, but over the past, this series against the Cubs, it's kind of been pretty poor. Um, but I mean, you cannot continue to let Bailey Falter get these starts, right? Uh, and I think that Dave Dombrowski has to make a move here at some point in time to get a starting pitcher, even if it's not uh, a fantastic, you know, pitcher, you know, a two or three starter, even if it's, you know, more of a back end of the rotation starter, that's kind of what the Phillies need. Uh, and they can't continue to use Bailey Falter. Um, he's just, he's not executing. And, you know, he, he was doing great last year in the bullpen. The Phillies wanted to put him in a starting rotation job. He then, uh, I believe either tested positive for COVID or was around somebody for COVID and was out for a long time. And since then, he just hasn't been the same pitcher. Um, you know, the velocity I think is still a little bit down. I mean, he never threw all that hard and, you know, it's his long stride, his extension that, you know, really allows the ball to jump onto hitters. But he's just been really disappointing, uh, this year kind of overall, uh, and, you know, Didi Gregorius, too, is the other player that I'm going to talk about because he's missing pitches right down the middle. I mean, he had a, a golden chance to tie this game with one out of runners on first and second in the bottom of the ninth for the Phillies. Um, and he just missed a sinker right down the middle. Was a little late on it. It was only 91, I think, from David Robertson. Uh, and right down the middle, center cut and hit a somewhat weak fly ball to left field. I mean, it's just unacceptable. And, you know, Didi also had this thing in yesterday's game and kind of throughout the season where he's swinging at the first pitch and popping it up. And it's it's beginning to come to the point where Didi, although his defense, I think, has been playable this season, uh, he made a really nice play in yesterday's game. I'll give him credit for that. But his offense is is pretty much useless. I mean, what he's providing at the plate. There's no power. Uh, there's not much contact against left-handers. And it's it's even against righties, it's not not good. Not good at all. Missing fastballs missing pitches that he should hit and if he's hurt or if there's something bothering him then then you know he needs to go on the injury list or whatever that may be I mean uh, even if you have to you know call up Will Ta uh, Will Toffee or somebody from AAA 
to play the infield, then, then so be it. I don't know where the progress is with Nick Maton. I know he's rehabbing, but I don't know if he's ready yet. Um, because, I mean, Didi Gregorius, and I'm serious with this. I mean, Didi at the plate, uh, the Phillies cannot use instant outs at the plate right now, and they're getting it with Didi Gregorius. So thankfully, his defense has been decent, which I think is the reason why he's getting playing time. Like I said, I'll give him credit for that. But, I mean, his offensive performance this year has been definitely disappointing, more disappointing even than last year. And last year was definitely disappointing, too. Now, I know Didi was on the injury list early on in the season, um, but recently just really has not been good at the plate at all. So, uh, definitely, I mean, probably, I don't know if I could say the most frustrating series of the season, because there's been some frustrating ones, especially in April and May. Well, this was up there. And uh, Cubs improved to 38-57, and 57, Phillies fall to 49-46, and 46, just one game. Uh, or, or just what one game out of the wild card, but three games uh, over 500, which is definitely thinning in terms of that um, over 500 lead, I should say. Uh, so I'll talk about one thing before I get into the Brave series predictions. And you know, Nicholas Castellanos, we talked about his struggles yesterday. I talked about his struggles yesterday, and um, the whole interview with Jim Salisbury. If you want to hear my opinion on that, um, even though I think both. Salisbury and Castellanos were kind of in the wrong to a certain extent. Um, I, I think that this is somewhat blown out of proportion. Castellanos, uh, there was an interview yesterday with Peacock on the live broadcast where he was talking about his hitting struggles, and it really does make it seem that he's a rhythm hitter. You know, a, a you know once he gets into a groove hitter, he's, he's going to go. But he just hasn't gotten into that yet. Um, and you know, it seems like to me that he also doesn't like to change his mechanics. He kind of said something along those lines in the broadcast, which I think is definitely concerning because I, I do think it's his light kick that is causing him to struggle. We saw the same thing with JT Ramuto until recently when Ramuto has begun to hit the ball a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I think the light kick is so important to a lot of these players and I think the Castellanos leg kick is just exaggerated right now. But he kind of talked about how he didn't want to change his mechanics. He was going to keep on, uh, you know, being prepared to hit as he described it at the plate each time. He did have a hit in yesterday's ball game, but um, there was a couple clutch situations where I think he could have came through and had a couple strikeouts. All right, so Brave series predictions um, that I want to talk about here. Three-game series against Atlanta, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, this week, of course, I'm recording this on Monday. Uh, and the pitching matchups do not favor the Phillies. The Braves are red hot right now. They are 58-39. and 39. I guess the Phillies have an advantage of playing at home, of course. First game is on Monday night at 7.05. It's Max Fried against Ranger Suarez. Um, Max Fried has been amazing this year. 10-3 with a 2.64 earn run average. Ranger Suarez has been much better as of recently. His ERA is now at 4.07, down from where it was a few weeks ago, which was in the mid to high fours. Uh, there is a chance of rain tonight. Thunderstorms at game time, so we'll see what happens. Tuesday night. 7.05, Braves against Phillies at Spencer Strider, who uh, is probably one of the favorites to win the National League Rookie of the Year. He's 4-3 with a 3.03 earn run average, and he'll face Aaron Nola, who is 6-7, but with a 3.13 ERA. And I do think that this is the game that the Phillies have the best chance to win. Strider does throw gas, but Aaron Nola has been really good. And then Wednesday, July 27, the Phillies have not yet announced their starter. It's a 12.35 p.m. day game start, but it will be Charlie Morton, for the Atlanta Braves, who the Phillies struggled to hit against last time out and kind of always struggled to hit. Uh, but he is 5-4, and four, but his earn run average is 4.20. So many other teams can hit him, just not the Phillies. Uh, predictions heading into this series. Um, I, you know, 
I always say that I try to be as non-biased as possible when giving out these predictions. You know, my heart is telling me that I hope that, you know, of course I want them to sweep the series. I want them to at least take two or three and win series. That's the goal. But the way they're playing right now coming off this Cubs series, I just don't feel it. And I do think they only win one game of the series. And I think that that only win is on Tuesday night um, against uh, Spencer Strider with Aaron Nola on the mound. Um, Maybe they take Wednesday's game two against Morton, but tonight, Monday night does seem pretty... Uh, you know, bleak just because, you know, Max Fried has been amazing, right? Uh, and Ranger Suarez is going to need to give you his, his A-plus game tonight, uh, I think, in order for the Phillies to have a great chance because their offense has been struggling so much. Um, so one in three is my official, pre- one out of three is my official prediction for this three-game set for the Phillies. I hope they take two. I hope they sweep. Um, but we'll see what happens definitely in this three-game set. Uh, my player predictions uh, for the Phillies, uh, I thought about this one a little bit, and I'm going to go with Kyle Schwarber. I think he heats up again. He's been a little bit cold over the past couple days, uh, but I think he has a good series here against the Braves. Uh, you do get uh, Strider, who throws gas. He's a righty, and on Wednesday night, you do get Charlie Morton, uh, who I think Kyle Schwarber will have a good chance to hit against. so he's my prediction to have a good series for the Philly side of things. Uh, And for the Atlanta Braves, uh, I also thought about this one a lot, but I'm going to go with Matt Olson. I was going to go with Dansby Swanson, but I think that Matt Olson uh, does have uh, the better series. Swanson and Olson kill the Phillies. Uh, They destroy Phillies pitching, unfortunately, uh, but Olson had a great series last time at Citizens Bank Park with a couple clutch home runs about three weeks ago. Uh, So he's my prediction to click uh, for the Braves side of things. So yeah, one out of three is my series prediction for the Phillies. Uh, Players... My picks to click for the Phillies, it's Kyle Schwarber. For the Braves, it's Matt Olson. All right, so a quick wild card uh, playoff update. Uh, for the Phillies, uh, they are nine and a half games out of the National League East. Uh, Braves are one and a half games out of the National League East behind the Mets. Phillies are just one game out of the wild card behind the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have an off day tonight. So the Phillies, at best, can be a half game out. At worst, can be a game and a half out. But then what's interesting is the Cardinals are going to go to Toronto and play the Blue Jays. And the Phillies just had the problem with so many unvaccinated players. And the Cardinals said the same thing. Apparently, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, according to multiple reports on Twitter, are not going to be available in this series. They are going to be put on the restricted list. So the Phillies have to take advantage of the opportunity that they have this week, and they have to win some games at home against the Braves after a poor, poor performance against the Cubs. It's embarrassing to get swept by the Chicago Cubs, who are nearly 20 games under 500. They were more than 20 games under 500 coming into the series and lost nine straight uh, going into the All-Star break. Uh, so Philly's just one game out. I guess they didn't lose all that much ground. Luckily, the Cardinals and Giants haven't been on a roll recently. Uh, and before I end this, just want to thank everybody for listening. As always, we are available on multiple platforms. Uh, so check us out uh, you know, on as many platforms as possible. Share this podcast with your friends and family members. Uh, if they're a dedicated Phillies uh, fan, we would definitely appreciate uh, a few more listens. Um, and of course, uh, we usually post, uh, I usually post a new episode at the end of uh, each series. Uh, if there is something important that happens, I'll make a surprise podcast like I did yesterday. Make sure to go check out the surprise podcast from yesterday. I took a deep dive into some more hot topics. Uh, including the first two games of the series and the whole Nick Castellanos, Jim Salisbury thing. So check it out over there. Um, and also check us out on Twitter at WTT underscore podcast. 
uh, for updates, for news, for all that cool stuff over there. I made live tweet again throughout some games this week, so check us out over there. And of course, we are preparing for the trade deadline, which is August 2nd. We're hoping that Dave, who is still on his hiatus uh, for his personal matters, of course, uh, he is planning to come back still uh, and join us for the trade deadline episode. Hopefully, he can still do that. We'll see, though. Of course, we're going to give Dave as much time as possible. Uh, but regardless, there will be a trade deadline episode uh, on August 2nd, and we may do a special edition episode of some sort as well coming up soon. Uh, so make sure, everybody, uh, to please uh, check out the podcast on multiple platforms. And thank you so much for listening. Go Phillies. Let's uh, win the series against the Braves. This has been the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave. Thank you.